Today, on the Daily Walk, we are in Romans 1 through 3, and I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger, and today we are reading about a letter that Paul, remember Paul has made it to Rome, he is under a soldier's guard in a little hut or house, I should say, that he is given freedom to but he's still under arrest because he pleaded to go to Caesar remember when the people were trying to have him killed so he's given freedom but he he uh, still is under house arrest so to speak so this letter Paul writes is to a church that he actually never visited so he's writing to the church of Rome and it's a letter of encouragement it's a letter of trying to explain it's it's a letter he eloquently words when he's trying to just help them understand the whole gospel message so this letter is also known as the gospel according to paul so it's a good letter and he's trying to explain the whole gospel that jesus came because God loved us so much and he was our ultimate sacrifice and gave his life on the cross but that he rose from the grave and he lives today through us in the form of the Holy Spirit and we can have that even Gentiles as the Romans are known to be Gentiles because Paul was sent to bring this message to the Gentiles so In Romans chapter 1, it opens up with a real nice greeting in the letter. This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ, chosen by God to be an apostle, and sent out to preach this good news. So he just opens it up saying, you know, greetings. And he's writing to all of Rome, all of you who in Rome are loved by God and are called by to be his own holy people. So he's telling them, that all of you are loved by God and all of you are called to be his own holy people. So that's a message that we need to understand that all of us are loved by God and we all are called by God. God is wanting all of us to be in relationship with him. And so the, the very first thing is, look, he loves you. He wants to be in relationship with you. And so then he goes into beginning to share things, and he he says, I'm not ashamed of this good news about Jesus Christ because he goes into a little about his story, you know, and how he used to be a Pharisee and how uh, he wants, you know, to be, the one that's known that I don't live the way I used to live and now I'm given this message 
to the Gentiles. And so he's like, because I'm not ashamed. I was what I was, but I am not now. And it's through faith that all this takes place. It's faith because while he saw his encounter, and when I say he saw, you know, he saw the bright light, he saw and heard the words, he really didn't see Jesus like the 12 apostles, the 12 disciples that walked with Jesus before the crucifixion, but he saw and had an encounter. So you can have that same encounter if we open up our mind and just listen because the Lord speaks, you know, and I spoke about something like that yesterday that happened to me at a, at a concert one time. So he goes into the uh, things about sin. Ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth. So we know that God is visible. We know that God lives because ever since the world was created, we've seen the earth and the sky and everything God made. And they can clearly see his visible, invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature because everything he's created. Remember when we did John, the very first verse says everything was created with him and everything was created through him. So it also says nothing was created without him. So then if we look at it like that, then we get the idea that this is the power of God. So we have no excuse for not knowing God. But the fact is, Paul goes into, we push God away. Remember, that's we read about that in the Old Testament. Every time the people push God away, calamity happens. And so when the people pushed God away and they wanted to do their own thing and they act like they were smarter, wiser, and better than God, God just left them to do whatever they wanted to do. And so Paul puts it this way, God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. And, and that's what happens. If we don't want God in our life, then he just leaves us to do whatever we want to do. He never forces himself on us. He never says, because that would take away our free will. That would take our freedom of choice. That is how we're created in his image. When we were created way back in Adam and Eve's day, he said, let us create men in our image. And in part of his image is the freedom to choose. And that is how the fall began because way back when Eve was tempted at the garden, she chose to listen to the serpent instead of obeying what God had said about, hey, don't eat from this tree and decided she could be wiser. <laughs> and so it all, you know, it all started then, right? So when we push God away, it's not that God wants us to not be in his family. He never forces himself on us, and I can't say that clear enough. He just leaves us to do whatever we want. He doesn't force himself. 
you know, and, and I had this discussion with someone close to me the other day when people want to do it their way, I just say, okay, knowing full well that that's going to be harmful as long as it's not deathly harmful, okay? And I let them learn, and then they figure out, oh, well, maybe he was right from the beginning, okay? And what's interesting in this is we're talking eternity. So in eternity, what we're going to find out when it comes final judgment is, oh, maybe these people that were sharing the gospel were right because when we stand before Christ, we're going to have to answer to all this stuff that we turned against God on, chose our own way on, and we're going to, as you know, Matthew 25 said, he's going to separate the lambs from the goats, and we're going to have to answer to that. And because we push God away for all eternity, we'll spend eternity away from God in the depths of hell. And that's what Paul's telling us here. So because they pushed him away, they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worship and they serve things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. We see that all the time. You know, I, I have friends that, you know, they'll go to church until a certain thing starts and then they they don't go to church anymore because they're, that becomes their focus, their main thing. And, you know, I love them to pieces, but it's like they've turned that into their God and that's something that was created, right? And then the creator takes a back seat. And, and we see that all the time, you know? And what happened to me when I was working on our uh, youth facility at our church, I put all my energy into the rehabbing of the youth facility, and God said, don't get focused on what is created instead of me, the creator. And he spoke it through my wife, so I had to repent, man. I had to say, Lord, I never want it to be about the created. I want it to be about the creator. And so I repented and we prayed over that place and we anointed it and and we just, you know, fell on our face and said, no, heaven first, not, not this. The Lord will take care of this. And he has, and it's open now and things are going well. So Paul points out that when we do that, uh, we fall into some really big traps and that's uh, what happens and that's what the first chapter is about is us pushing people, pushing God away. And so God then doesn't excuse that. He has to judge that and that's what all of chapter two is about. And it's like people are talking about how they follow the Ten Commandments and that's good enough and the, and he's like no it's not about that it's about your heart you got to you got to have a clean heart and not saying that the law 10 commandments are called the law isn't good because it is but you got to have a good heart and 
he puts out, this I highlighted, Romans 2, verse 6. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. And the beginning of this chapter starts out good because what we do a lot of times is we tend to judge people because of how they are. But Paul points out really pointedly, don't think you can condemn people who aren't following your way of thinking in your Christian life because you do exactly what they do when you condemn them. You who judge others do these very same things. Now, what he's talking about is if you're judging people and condemning them, you have just as much issue in your own life because the only one that can judge properly is the Lord, and he will judge everyone according to what they have done. See, we get so caught up in judging people and saying what they're doing wrong and and trying to say, you didn't do it my way, so you're doing it wrong, and you're not doing it right because the book says this, and you didn't do it right because, and we all know that we have our own issues, and it's not our place, and I always, I've said this before on the podcast, if you're not playing a perfect game, you have no right to call out someone else's game. And that's exactly what Paul's saying here. So don't do that. Only God has the right to do that. And I'll stick to that myself because I'm coaching a basketball team right now and I have to reiterate that all the time. So I love how Paul says that because we get caught up in that. And I I go back to John 3.17. God did not send his son to condemn the world but to save it. If we look at the story of Jesus, he didn't go around telling people how bad they were and then try to get in relationship with them. He got in relationship with them, loved on them, and let his glory bring them into an understanding that their life needed to change to be in right standing with him. And that exposed them. And that showed them that they need a change of life. He never prejudged them. And he always said, he always said, and if I did judge, my judgment would be right because my father would be the judge that told me what to judge. <laughs> Man, we just got to get past that. And so Paul real adamantly says that right in Romans, right from the beginning. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself for you who judge others do these very same things. And I I just, I love how he says that because he says, God will judge everyone according to what they do. And so the key is, he says, for God does not show favoritism. And if we look at the way people who are judgmental are, you can see that it always goes to one direction. And whether it's intentional or not, we aren't God. You know, and and I got faced with that question, uh, you know, about someone's eternity the other day again. And I said, you know, I am not God. And I wasn't there in their last moments I know what their life used to be like, but I wasn't there in their last moments, and you just don't know. I haven't seen them in years, and I just don't know. You know, somebody could have witnessed to them. Somebody could have prayed with them. Anything's possible with God, and that's scriptural too. Uh, 
And so Paul goes on and says, merely listening to the law doesn't make us right with God. It's obeying the law that makes us right with in his sight. So we just can't go to church, hear the word, and think that's good for the day. And that's so appropriate for the Sabbath. We got to go hear it. We got to digest it. We got to hide his word in our heart. And then we got to live it out. We got to be Jesus. And so he says the day is coming when God, through Jesus Christ, will judge everyone's secret life. So he's going to come and he's going to say, you know, I see your intentions. I see what you're like on the inside. I see what you're like when you're not around the church people. And that's what you're really like. And so, you know, that's where that definition of integrity comes up. True integrity is what you are like when you aren't around others. And so Paul goes into that and he's like, he gets into the part about circumcision. And, you know, we had that discussion in my Bible class the other day because they were talking about why is that? A big deal and I said well it's the big deal now is to understand that's not physical circumcision now means cutting away your old life for the new life you have in Jesus Christ and Paul explains that really good here because remember in the Council of Jerusalem they said that was no longer needed Because you can be saved by grace through faith just like they were. You can have the Holy Spirit infilling just like they did by grace through faith. Everything is based on faith now. And it's not a physical act. But there's still this word circumcised going around. And that's the cutting away, circumcision of the heart. And he says a true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law. Rather, it is a change of heart produced by the Spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God and God alone, not from people. And I thought that was really good. That's highlighted in my Bible. That's the end of chapter 2. So chapter 3, Paul just reminds us that God is faithful. God is faithful to us. He he is always there going to be for us. And how, you know, there's the whole thing about, well, if if he's going to forgive me, then should I keep sinning? And they're like, no, don't. You can't keep sinning. God wants us to turn from sin. And he wants us to follow him. And he wants us to do what is right and live in obedience with him and this is where we get the the great verse in romans three twenty three that all have sinned and come short of the glory of god and what's interesting is three chapters later six twenty three we'll get the the partner verse to that and that'll be coming up probably in the next reading But just remember, 3.23 and 6.23 go together. And uh, Romans 3.23 is for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. 
And Paul goes on from there and says, people are made right with God when they believe. Now, this is the doctrine we got. I talked to a guy the other day about differences in uh, different denominations that he asked about. And I said, well, there's little differences and we can get caught up in that, but the one thing we want to know is there's one doctrinal belief that should be the standard for any denomination, and that is, that is that God's loved us so much that he sent his son to be our one and only one-time sacrifice that gave his life on a cross, and three days later he rose from the grave, and he lives forever so that we can have eternal life with him in heaven. And he agreed with that. And so Paul goes with this and says, people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. And the sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and included them in what he would do in this present time. God this, this God did this to demonstrate his righteousness for he himself is fair and just and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. So this basically is that doctrine that God so loved the world he gave his only son who sacrificed his life for us rose again on the third day and we are made right with God and just justified, justified, never sinned, as if we were never sinners, we are made right, and we believe, and when we believe in Jesus Christ. And that's huge, because there's only one God, and he makes people right with himself only by faith. The only way we're going to do it is if we believe and we got to have faith. And you got to have faith. Why? Well, if we go back to Luke 24 and the road to Emmaus, Jesus teaches us right there in that last thing that you're not going to have me to see anymore. It's going to take real faith to believe because I'm ascending to heaven. From heaven he came, from heaven he'll return. So it's going to take real faith because you're going to need to have faith that the still small voice you hear is truly Jesus. You're going to have to have faith that everything you do in the name of Jesus will come to be because he said all the things in, in John 14, 12, all the things I have done you're going to do and more. You're going to have to have faith that he lives within you because you know that he came here just for you. So on this Sabbath day, how's your faith? And if you have faith, remember Jesus healed all those people and he said, by your faith, you are healed. If you have faith and you don't know Jesus, you can have him today just by saying, Lord, I want you in my life. I'm sorry for my past life. I cut it away. I'm going to circumcise my heart today. And I give myself to you. And what a great day to do it because it's the day after Veterans Day. 
and they were willing to give themselves for a country. Jesus was willing to give himself for a people, just like our veterans gave themselves for a people. Maybe we should give ourselves to a God who will never fail us and will always be with us because we have a good God who has called each and every one of us to be with him. It's just up to us. Will we accept that? Or will we choose to go our own way and push him away? Have a great Sabbath. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah.